Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Across from me, as always, I could say next to me now. Next to me this yeah, time. Yeah, you're kind of next to me thing. right Studio now. Studio B. Studio B recording the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, Jordan Sherwood, at Wood on ESPN 1000. I got that. I figured it out. At a Wood different on computer ESPN you had to 1, look 000. at for my title. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and follow me on Twitter, at Adam A. Abdallah. We have a lot to talk about. UFC 287 last week was pretty good actually um i mean you have a and still champion right now and so you know leon edwards finds a way to to get the win any thoughts on ufc 287 before we preview this it's UFC the dilemma that nights? i've fallen into now that i've been doing this handicapping thing for six or seven years you know fights were great you know i mean how much how can you not like the story of leon edwards winning in front of his home countrymen winning a fight he was not supposed to win and he performed brilliantly, had a great game plan. And in the same context, Justin Gagey, you know, we thought he was going to fall into that hole and Rafael Fazeev was going to be able to do what he wanted to do. Did not happen. Always he did in the first round. And then Justin Gagey, you know, showcased his unbelievable grit, his unbelievable determination and why he's the highlight. Unfortunately for me, though, you know, I, I had both losers <laughs> yeah. in that fight. Yeah. Uh, so it ended up costing me another negative night it's been a terrible start to the year luckily we've got several fights and several weeks of fights to, to you know get uh, into profit but um yeah that's a dilemma it was a great fight night overall i mean gunner nelson performed brilliantly um and it's set up for some future future fights that i'm sure a lot of fight fans are looking forward to so let's get into this ufc fight night we've got a great main event between Marlon Vera and Corey Sanhagen. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start with the opening of the main card. Chidi Njikwani against Albert Duraev. Duraev, a plus 140 underdog of these middleweight veterans. And Njikwani, minus 180. He got a first uh, round knockout in each of his first two UFC appearances last year before losing in a second round stoppage against Gregory Rodriguez back in September. And Duraev, his, uh, you know, he beat uh, Kapilov in his debut, and then he lost to Joaquin Buckley last summer, and so let's see because uh, that game was it was or that fight was unable to continue because of a swollen eye. So how do you see this one as we start this UFC fight night? This is one of those interesting fights where both guys coming off losses, both guys coming off finishes, finishing losses, and, and you know you have to wait and see you know what their mindset is uh, and and how they're going to differentiate from the game plan that that got them to the UFC or maybe you know become a shell of themselves and, and I look I think that Kamaru Usman became a shell of himself I think that something happened mentality wise that knockout was on his mind and he didn't execute his game plan against Leon Edwards so who falls into that trap uh, and who doesn't Chidi and Jokowani luckily you know again has his older brother to lean on Anthony and Jokowani who spent some time in the UFC spent some time in the WEC Njikawani is a, a brilliant athlete, a, a KO artist, and we saw that with his first two wins. And then, obviously, he gets into a firefight uh, and, and loses fights to a guy like Robocop and Gregory Rodriguez. Duraev's going to need takedowns. He's, that's what he's going to look to do, get this fight into a phone booth, push Njikawani against the cage, and look to take him down. And look, we have seen time and time again Njikawani is susceptible to the takedowns and really just ha- utilizes his athleticism and his power to get up uh, off of his feet. 
However, major decisive advantage on the feet if it's if it's kept there. Darayev, yeah, he's got some boxing skills, but he's going to look to go head forward and get this fight to the ground. And then he's had some suspect cardio that have plagued him in his past couple of fights. And Jaquani hasn't shown that and just needs a little bit of an opening to land one of his bombs. So I agree with the odds right now, but there's a little bit of me that Njikawani, you know, again, susceptible to the takedowns and utilizing his athleticism just to get up. So uh, probably I would recommend a play on Njikawani. I like him even at those odds. But I think uh, the under, the under at two and a half, I think someone's getting finished and, and getting finished for the second time in two fights. All right, so if we look at method of victory here, Njikawani by knockout is plus 120. Dariah by submission is plus 370. And then everything else is kind of like Njikwani by points is 5 to 1. Dariah by points is 6 to 1. Dariah by knockout is 7 to 1. And then the submissions are uh, by Njikwani is 14 to 1. So that's not going to happen. So you're going with the under in this fight for Dariah and Njikwani. Yeah, and I think it's just trying to get a little bit more value in Njikwani just straight up on the money line. I, you know, look, it, it could be a lethargic fight, but I think Njikwani, his speed, his athleticism, and his, and his power is going to cause some issues. And Dariah is going to be a kind of a deer in headlights when he realizes look the power that Njikawani has maybe the inability to get a takedown early on in the fight it's going to cause some frustration that cardio is going to come into play and I do believe Njikawani has his hand raised on Saturday uh, night our next fight uh, two top 15 in the flyweight women's division you've got Andrea Lee is plus 200 against Macy Barber minus 265 for Macy Barber, this one could be over quickly because 265 is a pretty hefty price to pay for Macy Barber. Yeah, I mean, she's got those odds because of her wrestling pedigree. You know, the fact that she is kind of like, you know, she was pegged to be a big-time star uh, in the UFC. She had that kind of halted a little bit because she suffered a torn ACL that, you know, put her out of action for over a year. Um, but she's got the, the, the background in that wrestling and, and that just evolution of her fight game that if, if Andrea Lee gets taken down, and look, we've seen Andrea Lee get taken down before, uh, it's very difficult for her to get up. And that's why I think the odds makers are, are pinpointing that this fight's going to do that. The thing about it is that Andrea Lee is a very talented fighter. She's a very good kickboxer, very good point fighter, and very good. Look, she's not. it's not that she's hard to take down once you get her into a double leg or a single leg, which Macy Barber could do, but... She does have some good takedown defense, and because she fights at distance, it's, you know Macy Barber's going to have to come in with 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 a takedown that you probably likely see coming. It's not going to be some chain wrestling that you've seen some of the best like Daniel Cormier do. So, um, I think pr- I've seen actually a lot of people that I respect in the industry leaning on Andrea Lee that she might be worth look at, at an underdog price. I think I'm going to need that kicked up just a little bit more. Because I'm worried that Andrea Lee, one takedown, she ain't getting up. And Macy Barber either controlling, possibly getting a finish. Uh, although more than likely not in, you know, in, in women's mixed martial arts with, with two high caliber uh, fighters like this. So Barber's probably going to have to go into a, into a parlay for me, Adam. But like, okay. almost got to wait to see like her odds like dip a little bit. You know, even at, 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 you know, again, at minus 265, a little heavy price for me. I, I, I'm going to need either Lee to go up to play that or, or, or Barbara to go down to play her. So I just, I just need some line movement for me to be comfortable. So method of victory here, Barbara by points minus 110, Lee by points plus 350, Barbara by knockout plus 450, Lee by knockout 11 to 1, Lee by submission 11 to 1, and Barbara by submission 
also 11 to 1. See, that's interesting because, you know, I, I could see a scenario where Andrea Lee, even though Andrea Lee, I mentioned point fighter, doesn't really have a lot of KO power, could catch something, Macy Barber coming in for a takedown, land something significant. Or, you know, Macy Barber, you know, controlling top game and then snatches on an arm bar and gets a submission. So I think if you're, if you're, if you're feeling a little frisky, you know, NCAA Sweet 16 goes well. You got some Elite Eight catches. <laughs> uh, sprinkle a little on that 11 to 1, maybe both ways. And then, you know, you, you, you have a little bit of a rooting interest in both fighters. Absolutely. Our next fight, Nate Landwehr against Austin Lingo. Austin Lingo coming and taking this fight on short notice. Uh, he's at plus 185 for this fight. And then Landwehr, the hefty favorite, minus 245. Might be another parlay stuffer uh, for us as we build this going into this UFC fight night. But the thing about that short notice is that Austin Lingo was supposed to fight two weeks. Yes. Go and his fight was canceled. Yes. So he was, you know, he wasn't sitting on the couch, you know, eating donuts. He was preparing for a fight, cut the weight, made the weight, and then his opponent had to pull out. So, you know, pretty easy for him to to, to come back, you know, two weeks later. But Nate Landwehr is, is literally like the Terminator, just keeps on coming. Go watch his fight against David Onama uh, the last time that he fought. I think literally Nate Landwehr lost the, lost the first round 10-7. Like he got destroyed <sighs> but didn't get finished and just kept coming, kept coming after uh, Onama, and then he got the finish. Uh, you know, good wrestling. He's got some power in his strikes. He's, he would just – Nate Landwehr has to worry about Austin Lingo's athleticism and power. I don't think Lingo's going to bring anything else that Nate Landwehr hasn't seen. You know, Landwehr's a veteran, been around this game for a while. Um, so I think Landwehr wins the fight because, you know, Lingo's not going to – you know, if, if David Onama's not knocking out Nate Landwehr, Austin Lingo ain't knocking out Nate Landwehr either. So I think um, – it's like Landware and Barber, and uh, in, in, maybe even Injakawani into my parlay. Let's go mm. to three of them on the on the main card. Okay, and just to win straight up. I don't think method of victory makes a lot of sense. I think no. I, I could see both guys getting finished, or I could see Nate Landware uh, grinding out a decision. I think those are the likely th- three scenarios. I don't see Lingo hooking on a submission. I don't see Lingo winning a fight. Uh, over points, so I'll make it easy for you, Adam. Just Nate Landwehr, stuff him into that par away, and he's going right. to get his hand raised. We can do that. That's pretty easy. Our next fight, we're rolling through these today. Our next fight, a very, very familiar household name, Holly Holm, minus 265 against Yana Santos, plus 200, top 10 in the bantamweight division for the women's division. Uh, and Holly Holm, last time we saw her, dropped a widely uh, contested split decision to Ketlin Vieira in her only appearance last year in 2022, and then Santos comes back after giving birth to her first child, so she comes in after a pretty lengthy layoff as well. She is plus 200 as the underdog. Holly Holm here, minus 265 after only uh, fighting once last year in 2022. Well, first off, how tough is that kid going to be? You know, I Yana, mean, Yana Kunitskaya and Tiago Santos is the dad. Oof. So, I mean, you know. What? I mean, I, I feel bad for her because just the amount of kicks she was probably experiencing, <laughs> like, while the kid was in the womb. Yeah, because I can imagine the punching for, and the kicking and everything Tiago like that. Tiago Santos known for his kicks. Exactly. Um, and you know, that's a dude with the hammer on his chest, right? Well, yeah, yes, 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 right yes. Right yes. Okay, so, like, it's it's such it's such an interesting fight. And I'm glad you mentioned the Ketlin Vieira fight because that's kind of how we've been, you know, judging fights as of late. Damage versus, uh, you know, strikes. You know, who's landing more strikes? compared to, to, to damage. And actually, um, in the, the main event, Marlon Vera w- w- had that situation as, as well where uh, he had a fight against Rob Font where he got outstruck by like almost like 100 strikes but won the fight because he landed more significant blows. So Holly Holm, point fighter, you know, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer when she decides to hang him up. But, you know, quite interestingly enough, 
41 years of age. She just signed a new six-fight deal. Now, Oof. granted, you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt because literally she could just fight once and it's fine. Like, it's over. It's not like yeah. it's a contract like the NFL or, you yeah. know, whatever. They'll hold you to it. It's not um, a record deal. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you could just you could bow out in any way. So uh, I think good fight for, for, for Holly Holm to come back. She's a difficult style up, matchup for any fighter. And considering the fact, too, this is Yana Kuditskaya or Yana Santos's first fight since giving birth to her child. That's always a tall order. We've seen women's mixed martial arts fighters not necessarily struggle with the first fight, but just the adaptability for, for you know, the long time off. And obviously, you know, you're out for nine months or eight months, and then you've got, you know, a couple months that you're, you're nurturing your child. Coming back into the cage, it's a tough ask. So this is almost a stay-away fight for me just mm. because of how home fights. You know, she should have won the Ketlin Vera fight, yeah. but she didn't. Uh, she's not head kicking people and knocking them out like she did against Ronda Rousey uh, anymore. Or Betch Kohea. she just isn't that fighter anymore. Uh, so I think it's a stay away fight for me. If you want to bump up that parlay, it's probably Holly Holm just because of how difficult style and matchup yeah, we'll she is and how we'll difficult she is to take down. So I think Holly Holm worth putting in that far parlay. So let's put four fighters into that parlay. All right, so we've got four fighters in that parlay that we'll recap towards the end of the podcast. But the method of victory here, home by points at minus 110, Santos by points at plus 360, home by knockout at plus 390, Santos by knockout at plus 800, Santos by submission sixteen to one and home by submission twenty to one. I mean, if I think if you're telling me that I'm going to move the line of Holly Holm from minus two sixty five and minus one ten in a three round fight, yeah, uh, against a woman who, who's been out for over a year because she gave birth to a child, I'm going to take that. So okay, play, so by points, let's, let's play Holly Holm. All right, so points. let's put home by points into the official picks. We have home by points in the Derive and Jaquani under so far uh, as our official picks here and then the parlay as well and this fight this main event bantamweight as well but in the men's division this should be a great fight marlon vera plus 135 Corey sanhagen minus 175 both great strikers like this should be an insanely competitive fight this should be an absolute great fight between these two guys and i know you're very excited to watch Corey sanhagen fight once again yeah exactly i mean i love both fighters i mean i've got people pundits all over saying that this is fight of the year and it hasn't happened yet like wow. and it's already like just stylistically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What both guys right there at the top of, of maybe arguably the best division that we have in the sport. Corey Sanhagen, his, his his footwork. I mean, he's known as Dominic Cruz 2.0. His athleticism, his boxing, his footwork. And then, you know, you couple that with a very well-rounded wrestling and submission game. Uh, very top-notch. Marlon Vera, you know, he's been around now forever. And he's evolved, quite frankly, as a fighter as well and is, is surging right now. And let's remember... He did finish Sean O'Malley. He stopped him. He finished him. He handed him his only blemish in his mixed martial arts career. And they're considering Sean O'Malley next in line for the UFC Bantamweight Championship, which is a joke and another topic for another uh, story. This is going to be uh, an example of a fight of, A, who gets off to the early start. And likely that'll be Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen realizes he's going to have to get out to an early start and start landing strikes, landing takedowns against Marlon Vera. And secondly is how is this fight going to eventually be judged? Because you're going to have Corey Sanhagen, who's the point fighter, the volume striker, versus Marlon Vera, who's going to look to land one of the, just a very big significant strike, elbow, knee, what have you, and change the d- direction that the fight is taking a la what he did against Rob Font, even with his fight against uh, Frankie Edgar, Cheeto Vera, a couple of fights ago, was losing that fight into the third round, and then he ran at a front kick to the face of Frankie and turned his lights out and won the fight. Um, I think 
I've gone back and forth in this fight. I think we're going five rounds. I think we're going to the judges' scorecards. Mm. I'm thinking. I think the odds indicate that that's it. There's two guys that are very difficult to finish, uh, and, and you know, both guys at the top of their game. I think this is a fight you're probably going to have to bet live as well, looking to you know grabbing one fight or the other, and and, and really understanding that like Sanhagen could get out to an early lead, round and a half. But then if, if Vera lands something significantly in that second round, that's going to change the direction of the fight. So I'm going to have an official play likely on the over at four and a half. Okay. I think we're going to the judges' scorecards. Okay. Uh, and if you want me to pick a winner in this fight, I think, you know, even though it did not, but I forgot who it was. Oh, yeah, I, did, I had Roman Delize surging, doing my March Madness style kind of thing. Um, with taking the surging fighter to the hot team, I got to take Marlon Vera. He's on fire. Okay. He's on fire. The right underdog. Now. All and, right. You know, and at underdog money, and, and understanding again that he could uh, land something and change change just you know one judge's mind or one judge's scorecard mm-hmm. because of a significant strike, I'll take him. All right. So that is uh, Marlon Vera at plus one. 40, close to 135, 140 uh, as the underdog in the main event. Just to go through method of victory, Sandhagen by points, plus 120. Vera by knockout, plus 430. Vera by points, plus 550. Sandhagen by knockout, plus 550. And Vera by submission, plus 600. Anything there that you could sprinkle on or just going with straight-up underdog Marlon Vera? I think straight-up underdog Marlon okay. Vera. I mean, Corey Sandhagen is a very difficult fighter to, to finish and really... The last time he was finished was against the champ, Aljamain Sterling. And, and I'm not dis- like, you have to certainly credit Aljamain Sterling. He won in the first round and won it like in 45 seconds. But I think it was like a kind of like a slip up error uh, on Sanhagen's part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Sterling took advantage of it. So uh, Sanhagen, a very difficult guy to finish. Before we recap our picks, anything in the undercard that uh, tickles your fancy? Uh, a yeah, bit? Preston Parsons at a, at a near pick 'em, Dower 12 okay. uh, fight against Trevin Giles. And it's more of a fade on Giles. I just don't think that Giles is UFC caliber talent. He's, you know, he's made some made some interesting or dumb decisions, I'll say, inside the octagon. Uh, and I just don't think that, that, that I think Trevin Giles likely will end up being the underdog because uh or i mean parsons will end up being the underdog because he's not as known fighter as giles and giles has not not looked good in the last couple of fights all right and then so our official picks here the under in the enjikawani Dariah fight holly holm by points at minus 110 and marlon vera over four and a half and also sprinkle a little bit on the uh, money did line you, for him did you as calculate well. Our parlay? I did. I have it right here. here. Our parlay because our know, parlay last week I think went one for four. Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> you should have yeah. faded the parlay. That's okay. We hit, as long as we hit like one a month, we're good. We're plus That's money. Uh, so Macy Barber, uh, Nate Landwehr, Chidi Njikwani, and Holly Holm all at a heavy favorites. Put those together for plus 317 right now on FanDuel. That's not bad. bad. That's not bad. That's the whole main card, essentially. That's basically the whole main card. And then Marlon Vera at plus money. That's a good night. If we we hit everything, that's a good night. So that's a four-leg parlay that pays plus 317. That is UFC fight night. Corey Sanhagen against Marlon Vera. That is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.